You're listening to Not Another Origin Story, the comic book movie podcast. I'm your host, Pogues, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Ben Chapman. Pogues, it's uh, it's great to be here. I'm excited to get another episode going, you know, just sort of living out my uh, programming, I guess, you know, just being like this stupid human. God, we're all so shitty. Sorry, I'm just, I'm just pissed off, you know, Ultron had like some cool things to say, and I was like... Yeah, he's right. You know, humans are always just, like, creating stuff and being, like, fleshy and weak. And Yeah, did you like the lame. dime store philosophy, which was uh, supposedly the world's smartest AI? You know, I'm, I'm, I'm the smartest program that's ever been made. And one thing I've discovered is that humans are just butts. They're just stupid butts, and I hate them. Here was my favorite part of this entire thing is... We, current existing humans, when we turn on AI, we almost always do it on a closed system, meaning it can't connect to any other computers, it can't connect to the internet, because we don't really know what AI does, and we're afraid that it'll learn something and then do something and we won't realize it, because, you know, machines talking to each other is way different than people. So, like, we uniformly... Do not allow AI to access the internet. Like, smart thinking AI, you know, like the attempt to create true artificial intelligence. The two smartest people in the Marvel Universe try to build an AI unit on their computer that accesses every database in the world. <laughs> and I was like, you guys deserve this. Why was the thing you were working on even connected to a computer? Like, why would you try to create AI from an alien technology and just be like... No, why would we need a firewall? That's like the entire plot of this movie is two guys who have no IT background trying to activate AI. You know what? In 1942, a fucking... So, so, uh, this, this was one guy said, Hey, if we ever do robots, here's some good ideas. <laughs> you know, he, he fucking thought that in 1943. You know what we didn't have in 43? Cat litter. We didn't have fucking cat litter. We didn't have a microwave. We didn't have a computer yet. And we still thought to ourselves, hey, if in the future we were to invent something that is sort of a smart thinking machine, and then that machine was used by scientists to create an even smarter machine, a machine so smart that it might come into contact with the, the, the consciousness of human, human, uh, human brain. Maybe when we get there, here's just like, I don't know, a handful of rules. Number one, don't be a dick! Like, it's so easy. Tony, 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 you did war for a living. Why didn't it come up? It's just like, what's so (laughs) wild, though, is like, technically Jarvis is like a super advanced AI. So he had to have at some point... He figured it out. ...created an AI system. And I can't imagine he hooked it up to the internet immediately. Like, it's just so crazy that they're... They're not if, using, if, like, a computer in if he, Avengers headquarters. They're using their supercomputer that they use to monitor all of the world. If he just said, hey, Jarvis, I'm going to give you a few more servers and a couple more of these iron iron robots, just, just keep an eye on stuff. <laughs> it just seems like that would have worked. And he pretty much already had it. But this movie... Um, 
this that, that is of course part and parcel with tony stark's problems in age of ultron which is that he has the solution to every problem which he brings out only after the problem has made itself readily well, apparent <laughs> the other problem with this movie is so as we discussed a little bit in the mini episode a lot of the story beats are very similar to the first avengers movie but like this entire movie is called tony makes mistakes everything he does in this movie is wrong and he fucks it up and if it wasn't for other people like kind of coming along like the entire ultron thing is 100 percent his fault like hands down his fault it is uh, so insane that the movie wrote in a sequence in which i said all right guys i know i beefed it in round one but what if you let me just do it again yeah what if i do it what if i try a second it's like who and, and then like the fact that he Th- convinces this time Banner, though this time I will directly utilize an unknown space gem of infinite power. Well, yeah, let's, so let's if, if, if that out. makes you feel more comfortable. Let's also point out that the the matrix they're trying to copy in the beginning is the thinking matrix they can see in the Infinity Stone. So the thing they copied and tried to replicate that created Ultron is the thing that he's like, well, let's just activate it this time. Let's just do that. the base model. It's like, why would you think it would be better? It's pretty insane. I do love the sequence in which you get a nice fifth element where he's like, protect humans, okay. Oh, no, they do war. Well, they don't like them anymore. Like, oh, yeah, great, I mean, great. This is, if you've ever seen or read any science fiction piece about... <laughs> God, AI. It's, so tired. it's it's, it's so the laziest tired. thing. The AI goes I, online. It looks at the internet, realizes that human beings are awful, as if human beings. I like the way they always like reveal it, as if human beings are unaware we're the worst thing that's ever happened to the planet we live on. Like hands down, the existence of humans could not be worse for Earth. Look, I look, Ultra. I fucking get it. The Wikipedia page for for genocide has like. A whole table of contents. Like, yes, I get the it. The fact it it's... has more than a definition of what genocide is is deeply upsetting. It has like a hundred sublink pages. I fucking got it. Some and of them from like ten years ago. <laughs> we're, we're total dog shit. You've we've been there. Uh, what I hoped that Ultron had done was that he also like consumed all media and like watched like the matrix and the terminator and like yeah. a thousand sci-fi movies like you know i was gonna turn but now that i go through this it's kind of hackneyed so i think i'm just gonna help out you know what i feel like human beings realize it they get it and they make a couple of decent flicks every so often i i do love also the the concept repeated in thanos where it's like now that i have infinite power i guess i'll just blow everything up rather than like i guess i'll At just least- now like at least Thanos makes sense in like an insane way where you're like, I just, oh, that guy's I off his wish... rocket, but at least it's like a plan. It's not I like just he's wish... just like, I'm going to kill everything. Problem solved. I just wish his plan was like, hey, what if we just like, uh, you know, if we capitalize on these fertile regions, we could certainly make enough food to feed the planet. What if we did that? You know, I, I, would, I, I just wish like the Ultron, his ultimate plan was something like, I'm going to ignore geopolitical borders and just like start like trying to like preserve humanity, even if it like triggers yeah, I mean, civil like, wars. Like, like, that would be interesting yeah. and fun or something like that. You know what I mean? Like something interesting. Like, hey, what if I picked up a random like former Russian block plant, like like 
city and just slammed it into the Earth's core, creating an apocalypse that I, I guess, live on now. I don't understand it. Yeah, it it's, was, it was very. It's the, he was like, it's, it's, it's evolve. It's like I don't think you understand no, the extinction level events. You just work. murdered us all. It's, it's the Bond villain pointing like the, the fucking space laser at the core of the Earth, and it's like, dude, you, you're here too. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna blow up the moon. It's not gonna go the way we you think need it's going it. to. We need tides, you dickhead. <laughs> it does a lot of stuff besides look cool at night. Um, but yeah, yeah this, I, this plan is, and it's it's one of those things too where like somewhere there's a guy who owns stock footage, and every time there's a movie where a computer gets connected to the internet, he's like ching because it's just like a bunch of stock footage yeah. of like, and it always goes back to like Hitler just to make sure you guys remember, as if like. Hitler was the last time humans did Look, anything really bad. <laughs> you know, we, things have been tip-top since Hitler. Fucking flash some Genghis Khan on stream. Fuck's sake, <laughs> yeah. that dude. Come on. Like, I just love that so, like, that's always get, like... Give me, a little, give, give me a little sousant of Pol Pot. I, I mean, just give me something that's just not like four four shots of World War II and then... Well, and what then, I always like, love is it's always the shot of the Russians walking that nuke through Moscow during the Soviet Union and then there's like a shot of a rocket launching and then they go back and there's some soldiers then it's Nazis. As if like those are the yeah. seven things yeah. that have happened I, I, I also love... bad in the world. I also always love this always inevitably a shot of someone like throwing a Molotov cocktail at the police and I'm like that guy's probably fighting for like equal wages so I don't know yeah. if that really counts. That, that, I, mean, I need more of, context of, for what the guy rioting against the police is because that could be of, for a lot of, of good all, things. Of all riots against government and police I would say the vast majority have been something about uh, undue use of power or, yeah. or, 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 or class warfare. I don't think there's been a ton of riots where they go against the police and they're like please like please we're trying to protect the old ladies and the people in masks i'm like we're here for one thing and one thing only to kill old ladies for sport you know that's that's very rarely the motivation well, they're, behind they're a riot really, they're rioting because they're like we feel like you're too lax in your rule of governments we want less totalitarian it you're taxing the rich too much i mean that's just that, that's just january 6th at this point um but <laughs> hey uh but uh, sad let's... commentary on why Old let's, right. <laughs> let's back it up a he may have been bit. hackneyed but <laughs> let's back it up a little bit i mean to, to, to talk to an earlier point though I, I i do think you're totally right that this movie's is is uh you know avengers colon age of tony's fuck-ups but but that said tony in this movie character development wise if you excuse his you know decision making that should have had significantly more boundaries um, is one of the things I like, and there's like a couple of character development moments in this movie that I was surprised that I forgot a little bit about. I forgot a lot about this movie, and I enjoyed revisiting. Um, that said, there were also some character development <laughs> decisions that <laughs> made me deeply furious and, and or extremely bored, or sometimes both. Uh, so there's like a weird mix of things, because there's stuff in this movie that uh i liked and there's stuff in this movie that creates a foundation for future stuff that i like like i like vision most of the time in all the movies that he's in and so for him to and he's like a weird deep cut like character to recreate and bring into the mcu that was kind of i didn't expect going yeah into this movie. it's an odd it's a hard character to be like well we're gonna bring in a guy who's like a super smart living android who can yeah right make himself not dense so he can it's pass a, through objects and you're like wait what in a movie full of very safe 
repeated the safe choices of repeating the blueprints of the other movie the vision storyline is like out of nowhere which is precisely what you want in one of these movies that's the one thing that you want is like a lot of unexpected you know uh, uh things to take place so I, I really enjoyed vision you know i enjoyed i enjoyed developing tony like tony's personality more i mean like mixing his survivor's guilt with his obsession with trying to like perfect everything he does and and that culminates in his disastrous choices he makes and and i enjoyed um weirdly i enjoyed barton being humanized but everyone else is either goes nowhere character wise or as i think you've pointed out in the past is so badly represented that it's it's downright offensive that of course being um natasha uh, uh, I couldn't stop thinking about how you in one very like, or multiple episodes in the past of this podcast have mentioned how fucking gnarly it is <laughs> Natasha says something to the effect of I can't have children thus I am monster and it is like holy shit <laughs> it, is, it is like what's, what's really weird about that scene is like she's talking about that and she's like you know you're not the only monster and i'm like wait you basically said Ooh. you were like the like sh we saw the flashback you shot a guy who had a bag on his head and you didn't even know who he was like why did you say the graduation ceremony was we just had to murder a guy because they told us to like i don't don't get me wrong forced sterilization is gr is grim but that doesn't make you a monster that that makes you the victim you know what I mean? Right. Like yeah, you, you're the you here. were victimized by a group of people. If you were like, I killed a man, even though I had no idea what he had done wrong, then you seem like the bad guy, and that statement makes more sense. Being like I was victimized by a group makes me a monster was a weird take. Yeah, no, absolutely, it was. Um, uh, and ultimately, we can get back to like kind of kind of getting to the start of this this film because the start of this film instantly. Oh instantly misrepresented all the characters that i liked from the other movie and i do remember in the theater being like uh-oh like because yeah, as soon I, as, as soon as all the characters played out like uh, we talked about this a little bit in the mini episode as soon as like barton's doing cartwheels out of like a crashing truck uh, like on the front lines instead of doing something he's he's know. riding in a jeep at the beginning as if he's in like the position a minigun would be or like a you know like an m60 or something in like a humvee except for he's just shooting arrows it's the <laughs> fucking dumbest thing like i like hawkeye i like the character i like the way they portrayed him in this in the movies but like it's just so dumb to think a guy would it's stand there stupid. it's also you know how hard it is to aim a bow and arrow like it's hard to shoot something in a vehicle when you're just normal moving like if you have a gun it's hard to do uh shooting a thing that is highly affected by wind and velocity would be nearly impossible you know what i mean like, and again we mentioned it in the in the mini episode but like this sequence should have been like 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 a bunker of guys sitting there like you know on patrol and then something like like Hulk becomes slamming through and Thor fucking drops a bomb of lightning on them. And then when they cut back to like Strucker in the lab being like, uh oh, that's when like Barton and Tasha like come out of a vent and start like, it start like powering down system. You know, that that's like, that's like the, the roles of these characters is what they are good at and their, their specialties. When you just sort of like have them doing cartwheels in like the middle of a like giant mega cannons firing at them. I'm like, well, this is. A wholly misunderstanding I mean, of these characters. The, the opening of this movie is, like, you see them, like, drive up. It's like each group of them runs into battle, like, 
staggered as if like they're like uh doing like uh you know when people sing row row your boat and they come you know you come in a second thing i, I forget what mm-hmm. that's called um, but like you know you see those two then you see <clears throat> thor come in then you see the hulk come in then you see you know captain america come in then you see iron man and it's like all of this is supplanted with them doing what is not a particularly good fight scene but they're also just like straight up killing these ordinary i mean they're just ordinary people they don't have any like superpowers they just have regular guns they don't really seem like that big of a threat and i'm confused why you drove up to them why didn't you just fly a plane over and jump out because all of you can like jump out of planes and not be hurt as we've seen in other movies so it yeah. just is like so weird that you would like and they're like the element of surprise is done it's like well maybe you shouldn't have driven towards the fucking 40 bunkers they set up <laughs> like that one's on you guys it's, it's also just so, and, and everybody's quipping, like they're oh, like they look, keep in mind we like, gotta they save are, they are we, murdering these people. Like, we, we got killed. We gotta save. We gotta save a section here for quipping, complaining oh, in a moment yeah. because I have I have an hour's worth. But but what I also found frustrating is that this entire sequence is predicated off of. Did you watch Agents of Shield? Which I would guess for most theaters is a profound no. Yeah. Nobody did. And this whole Hydra Lab thing is just is really just a, a culmination of plot lines on Agents of Shield, which Well I this mean, I this also to me felt like uh, a moment where they were like, Well remember, Shield is gone. And they were Hydra. Don't forget that, because that's important. It's gonna be erased in two hours, but don't remember it right now. <laughs> like you know what I mean? Because I feel like there's a couple of lines early in that where they're like, well, you know, now that S.H.I.E.L.D.'s Hydra or whatever. It's like, yeah, I got it. I saw the previous movies. Like, it just felt so ham-handed that they had to throw that in for no reason. Because at the end of this movie, it's all taken care of. One movie. We got one fucking movie where S.H.I.E.L.D. was the bad guys. And it's fixed. It's like, what was the point of the twist? I yeah. digress, though. <laughs> no, uh, uh, so... Uh, on to quipping. Uh, one, it, there's too many. And, and, and here's the problem. I I don't... Like, uh, by the way, I just wanted a little preface here. I, I thought of this before we started. Usually when we get into uh, movie breakdowns, I f- feel a, a, a sense of guilt for some reason really slamming a movie or an actress performance because they're probably a genuinely good person who was doing their best. Um, and some movies get fucked by directors who had one idea and the studio comes in and fucks it up, so it seems harsh to blame them. Yada, yada, yada. But this is Joss Whedon, who sucks. So I, I, mm-hmm. I, I, I'm, I'm open to criticize Joss Whedon's bad decisions and fucking his Whedon writing. Oh, God. His quipping comedy writing is so frustrating. But it's frustrating both because, A, a number of these jokes just are bad unequivocally bad jokes and i'll i'll talk about <laughs> as we go <laughs> the worst i had a running thing in my notes where i was like oh that's the worst line in this movie nope never mind beating it um but but the other problem is that some of these characters should quip because that is part of who they are and also help with the fact that the actor is good this may be controversial but tony looking on the wall for a secret door and then finding it and giving a muted yay I, I laughed at it and I enjoyed it and I could picture it in a comic book and I and I liked it even if it's a kind of a hokey joke, but that's also because Tony Stark has established himself as someone who 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 diffuses tension with comedy 
as a character. Well, yeah, he, Captain he's America quipping. already been depicted as being like sort of sarcastic and and he's sort of aloof as part of a defense mechanism. Captain America quipping is odd and it feels off and it should be rare. This movie waited no time for it to be a joke that he said like called someone on the swearing and then they they brought it up 100 times throughout this movie. They brought they bring they bring it up three times I think in God, the opening sequence it. and it's like jeez and I don't know the the issue I had with the quipping is is like you said it's not just like when you're watching like sort of later Avengers movies um like in the Russo era like people quip but like it feels more like the quips are like linked better you know they're like oh Ant-Man's here he'll he'll do a lot of the joking Spider-Man's here he'll do a lot of the joking you know I mean the uh, Doctor Strange is going to play everything straight and that'll be sort of what the joke is for him okay that you know that works this just felt like they were like there needs to be a bit it, i mean even ultron quips a couple of times and it's very confusing because i'm like ultron why an un like supposed to be an emotionless robot who's completely analytical is like making bits ultron does repeat quips which i will not understand you know what's even weirder and it happens here in this opening sequence the fucking hydra agents quip the fucking yeah hydra strucker just Quick just to re- just to remind everyone these are human experimenting nazi origin like like genocidal soldiers they're not for fun <laughs> they shouldn't be being like ho ho like at one point <laughs> one of the most offensive sequences offensive in like to my sense of comedy i mean is that Captain America... Uh, no, Tony Stark flies in and fires his little, like, subdue missile barrage at a bunch of the Hydra agents in that in, the, in that one control room. And he's like, um, I hope you enjoyed this meeting or something like that. And, like, one of them groaning from his, like, near-mortal oh, injuries. Oh, yeah, he says, like, good talk. He's like, it really wasn't. And I was like, I, I'm gonna turn this off. <laughs> like, I'm it just was, yeah, when I saw it, I was like, did that really fucking just happen? But, like... There's, like, a bit, too, so where, like, Baron Von Strucker is, like, you know, we'll fight to the death, no surrender, and they're all, like, no surrender, and then he turns around and does an aside to, like, the doctor with him, he's, like, no, I'm surrendering. surrendering. It's, like, why is this in the movie? Like, it just is so bizarre to have these, like, needed jokes, and it just feels really out of place. And, I mean, that's, I think, maybe the biggest fault of this entire movie is it just has, like, the tone is all over the place and it never feels like in watching it again like at no point does it feel like there's any stakes to anything even when they like launch that thing into the air you're just like oh okay you know what i mean there's no like moment where you're like oh my god like at least in the first avengers there's like you know when the aliens come out you're sort of like oh shit this is gonna be fucked up you know there's a bunch of aliens in new york and this one i was like oh there's a there's a lot of robots you know what I mean? Like, just there was just no stakes. There was no impact in the movie, and it's I mean, just sort I, of weird. I wouldn't call it a no stakes movie. Um, I mean, yes, it's certainly a, a repeat recipe, and there's no question about that. Um, and and it and and certainly it's hard to like connect to the weight of things when the as we talked about earlier when the villains plot is so illogical and there's like a, a, a thousand different like directions you could take and he's just being this weird blunt instrument to like blow everybody up for no conceivable reason um 
all of that is, is is strange, and we could have done with so much more better, if, if some profoundly some profound improvements to his writing. I mean, definitely cut away the majority of those quips, if not all of them. And like, look back to the trailer when the trailer for Age of Ultron came out. You know, he was heavily featured Ultron, of course. Um, and they played, I think, a bit of his monologue at the beginning about humans and strings. And then they played, like, I think like a slowed down version of the Pinocchio song that he kind of mm-hmm. sings in the movie. And people really dug the trailer. And I think it was because there was this implication that you would get what we'd later get with Thanos, which is this sort of, like, philosophizing Magneto-style villain who had sort of this, like, like brutal uh, uh, idea of how to, like, reshape humanity and he talks about humanity evolving, like we mentioned, and you you almost expect him to sort of like reveal this plan that is like gruesome, but it reminds me of the very bad plan in like Black Panther's villain, which is just that like I don't there are there are systems in place that are unfair, and like my people have been oppressed for a long time, and it's like oh wow he's making a good point, so I think we should just kill everybody. Oh well, no, you lost me there. Like you know, it just seems like if you just let them develop a plan that is gruesome that you know you shouldn't get on board with but has like roots in like logic that you can see oh it's challenging it's difficult it challenges the heroes to rethink their their you know their own their own moral setups but that again yeah we mentioned earlier it's bond villain lasering the moon it's just it's nonsense and so the stakes are there conceptually, but no one feels them because yeah, they come. Yeah, that's what I mean. Is there's like you know, I mean, there is the stake that like he's gonna kill everybody, but at no point are you like, oh man, you're just sort of like, oh okay. He's like, oh, he's gonna blow up the planet. Yeah, it's just like such a toothless well, threat. Like you said, it's very much a Bond villain plot where you're just like, well, this is stupid, and I understand the only reason this person's plot exists is so that James Bond can come and kill them. You know what I mean? Like, right? I, I, you know, there's no there's no real threat to like the guy you know whatever dumb plot i can't even think of a dumb james bond movie plot uh i guess the guy who tries to start a war with his reporters or so that he can have his reporters report i don't really remember that well um where they like pump salt water into the the fault (laughs) god but the 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 other thing that this movie does is that um to mess up the stakes like you said is that when there is a situation where the characters are pressured, it seems that in almost every case, Tony Stark is like, like in Bond movies, seems to have the precise gadget he needs to get out of that scenario. And you're left wondering, why wasn't that available earlier? When, when you're fighting Ultron, why not show up with the Hulkbuster armor? <laughs> it, <laughs> was, like, it was sort of weird. That it was like, wait, or that Hulkbuster tech. Like, why not drop that big, that big fucking shield dome on Ultron and then punch him to death with your robot that's ten times his size? Sounds pretty useful. Um, when charging an, a, a base in which many of your extremely fleshy and mortal friends are in danger, why not bring your fleet of robots? Or here's why, a question. Why, why don't she make a suit of armor for Natasha and Clint? Like, They're why not, not super-powered. Utilize and you, so like you should be like, oh, I should give them a suit of armor. It's the fucking, it's the fucking Voltron like Power Rangers conundrum, which is like, don't run up to the villain and punch them with your bare fists, and then when they turn into a giant robot, only then get your giant robot show up with the giant robot 
It's very useful. I don't understand why we're doing it this way. I mean, just show up with the tools you need. You're bad at this. You're it, very it's, bad at this. Yeah, it's, it's very, like, I don't know. Like you said, it, it like, so much of this movie, too, is, like, set pieces. And, like, a huge chunk of it is just setting up the Infinity Wars. Or, I mean, the like, the gem, the Infinity Gauntlet. Yeah, this, this movie certainly is the first one to really make the gems... I mean, matter. like, basically just sort of spell them out. Like, there's that whole subplot with Thor, and it's just like, Jesus, man, oh, couldn't God. you guys have imparted this information without, like, him traveling to go meet Selnick, and then them traveling to a pool, and then he gets in the... It's like, there was so much going on, and then they all just get back together, and he's like, Ultron's gonna... We need to stop the Infinity Stones. <laughs> we have to stop Ultron. It's like, wait, what? It's just, um, yeah, it was... I don't know. It's very that, sloppy. Like, in rewatching it, I could not believe. I was like, boy, this is such sloppy storytelling. Yeah, but based on some reading, Joss Whedon was leaning heavy on those sequences um, with sort of fleshing out with these, like, these dream visions and whatnot. And he wanted to do way more stuff with Thor going into the pool, and and that was all cut, um, which, I mean... I mean, thank God, because it's so long, and it has, like... It's also weird to be like, I want to do more of this thing that has nothing to do with the plot of the film you're watching. It's bizarre. You know Um, what I mean? Like, it's so much set up for a movie that isn't going to come out for, like, four more years or something or five more years. And what's crazy is that this is all tethered back to um, a very confusing take when you now look back on it on Scarlet Witch. Because Scarlet Witch would go on to basically just do... Uh, do wavy hands to make stuff float. That becomes, like, Scarlet Witch's, like, only behavior in the future movies. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, uh, uh, and so for her... Her powers are very nebulous. Her powers... In the MCU until ha- later Always. Stuff. And they're even more confusing because when she shows up, she's, um... She's... What you thought... What you think she would be doing is that she is confusing her targets. She is telling iron man to shoot at that guy that that hydra soldier over there in like a power suit that is just like captain america you know what i mean like confuse his reality so they start attacking each other that's what you think she's gonna do instead she gives them all prophetic visions (laughs) don't i mean well they're like the visions are also very are they because it seems to be like what are they is like a vision of the future and Iron Man's is not a vision of the future. It's she, it's she, like she a does threat. it on purpose because she, she thinks uh, this is the part that is very confusing. It seems as though she knows he's going to create Ultron somehow, <laughs> because like her plan is she gives that to him and then knows he'll take the scepter and he'll do something dumb. But like, what if he had done something really beneficial? You know I mean, like, how does she know he's going to fuck up? Because her brother goes to stop him from getting the staff. And she's like, no, no, let him. And she, like, smiles. And so it's like, oh, this is all part of her plan. But how could the creation of Ultron possibly have been her plan? You know what I mean? Like, it, there's yeah. no, like, it just, the movie doesn't, when you really sit down and start thinking about it, you're like, this plot doesn't make any sense. Like, nobody's doing anything for any real reason. Yeah, it's extremely confusing how she thinks she's setting up some kind of like great plan with Ultron and then meets Ultron and is confused about who he is. Then despite being confused about who he is, agrees to join this weird genocidal robot of which she has no context. And he also appears to never explain his plan. 
He just says they're going to kill the Avengers. And it's also weird why she went, like, why her and what's-his-name want to kill the Avengers and not just Tony Stark. Because, like, their beef seems to be with Tony Stark. So why exactly are they mad at the rest of the Avengers knowing that, like, they stopped an alien invasion? You know what I mean? Like, it's very yeah. confusing why they are like, well, we also need to kill all the Avengers because it's also their fault that Tony Stark was an arms dealer before he became an Avenger. Yeah, as far as we can tell is that their parents were attacked by not Tony Stark, but you... Used... No, Sokovia is constantly under... is in war. Is They, they briefly and mention in this movie. Stark weapons were used uh, uh, to attack their home... Uh, and it was killed their parents, which again is confusing because you know, I, who knows what they're doing? Um, maybe it'll be solved in in future multiverse stuff. But well, they show it in uh, a little bit in Wandavision. They're just in Wandavision. They, they, they yeah. just live in Sokovia. They're just like they just live in a Soviet bloc country. So so theoretically, it's a it's a it's a removal of the Magneto father fatherhood. Yes, they they definitely removed Magneto as her father. But uh, yeah, so they're to at blame least for now. They're to blame Stark. Like, it's a bizarre thing to do. You know what I mean? Well, like the, weird, the thing that's very weird to me about it is, so it's it's mentioned in this movie that Sokovia is sort of like a worthless, it, it, there's nothing special about Sokovia, but it's like a strategic place to take over because it's a great place to launch, to either like build defenses or launch attacks. You know, she says... It's nowhere in particular, but it's on the way to every. Or it's nowhere it's special. On the way to everything, way to yeah. Special. Yeah. And the idea is, it'd be like, yeah, a country you would want to take over, so you could build it, like you know, like the way we have, like air. We had airfields in Japan after World War Two, so in case something happened, we would have to fly across the ocean first, you know. Right. And so it's like that makes sense. Her country seems to be the implication is that it's constantly at or involved in wars, whether it wants to be or not. Their country is attacked, not by Tony Stark, but by somebody using Stark munitions. Which I still don't understand why he would imprint the name of his company on the outside of munitions. But that's neither here nor there. Yeah, but we're like, branding. It, it seems like an odd thing to be like, oh, it's his fault. You know, I'm gonna, we're going to go after him. Because certainly if Tony Stark hadn't made artillery shells, no one would have. Yeah, I mean, like... You know if, what I mean? It's not even if, like it's like a special weapon that only Tony Stark could have built. It is described straight up as an artillery piece. Yeah, if the missile said Northop Grumman, would, like, she be after, like, like the CEO of that company? Like, I, I don't understand what she's motivated by. It would, you, you, would, you would think that if your home was, like, like a recent invasion of a country, like, uh, you know, if your home was invaded... And your sovereignty was, uh, uh, was, 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 you know, uh, was, was, was invaded, then you would blame the invaders. I don't yeah, really yeah. get it. Be, it would be very weird to be like, you're in the Ukraine, and you're like, well, I want to go after who built the, the missiles they're using. It's like, oh, well, maybe you want to go after the people who are actually shooting at you. That seems like maybe a better use of your time. You know what I mean? It's just very bizarre. Yeah, if if your like dad was shot by like an AK forty seven, you're like, I'm gonna go find the CEO of whoever is making it's, the it's most AK forty sevens right now. Like, I don't get it. You're like, my dad was shot by an AK forty seven, so I'm gonna go after the son of Kalishnikov. Yeah, like, you don't you don't know when that gun was bought. Oh, and by the way, might not even have sold it. Yeah, I mean, it could have been. 
They could have had those things for 30 years. The son of Kalishnikov has gone on to be, like, a a freedom fighter who's fought with a bunch of other freedom fighters to save us from, like, terrorists. And you're like, well, I'm going to kill them, too. Especially all of them. Like, because somehow I've now conflated... Like, what about, like, what about the neighboring, like, Eastern Bloc country that invaded your... What the fuck are we doing? The thing is, is to show you what makes sense is... uh, a movie that comes shortly after this is Captain America Civil War, which, in my opinion, is the best Avengers movie, uh, even though it's not an Avengers movie. Right. But the character of Baron Zemo is... Uh, he wants revenge on the Avengers because they straight up killed his par- his family. Not on purpose, but they were they lived outside of Sokovia. And so when all those robots and everything started attacking and all that stuff happened... They were killed as a consequence of the destruction of Sokovia. You know, even though they saved a bunch of people, people obviously died. I mean, that thing explodes in the air and then lands on Sokovia. A lot of people don't make it. And it's like his reasoning then is justified because he probably has figured out that Ultron was also the adventurer's fault. Yeah, and again, you caused the thing and then your solution killed my family. So I'm going to destroy you and your family. I'm going to take your family away from you. Because really, he doesn't actually want to kill any of the Avengers. He just wants to ruin their lives the way they ruined his. And like that's a much more identifiable and directly relatable problem. You know what I mean? Like You get it. You're like, yeah, I get it. The, the actions of the Avengers indirectly led to his family's death. But in his mind, it is their fault. Because if they weren't around, it never would have happened. Yeah, and, so, and you know, and that then, and you feel for him because you're like, you realize, yeah, and, and like I said, his plan is really not actually to kill the Avengers; it's just to break them up. And it's like that's a you know that's a much more like reasonable goal. You know what I mean? Like to be like, I'm gonna ruin the Avengers as like a family. I'm gonna take everything. You know, and so that's what I mean is like that's where I started to realize like how sloppy the writing in this movie is. It, it's just really not well thought out. Yeah, because Zemo's plan later on to expose them for who they are and fracture them is far more effective than killing them, in which they, in which case they become martyrs and people, you know, imitate them into the future. Like, th- that, is, that is a much more common solution. You know, assassinating a political rival tends to just worsen the political movement uh, against you um, um, in, the sh- in, in a different shape. Whereas, like, you know breaking them down and, and exposing them or whatever tends to well, be the yeah, more effective and, and, solution. Well, and also, I mean, like, from you think, Zemo's standpoint... You think the world's smartest robot family. would figure that out? <laughs> yeah. yeah, but I mean, like, in Zemo's idea, like, taking their family is is worse for them because they'll continue to live never together again the way he had to continue to live without right. his family. I mean, the movie ends, he's going to kill himself because he completed what he wanted to. He yeah. just wanted to ruin the Avengers and then he wants to kill himself... So, you know, he can, he thinks, you know, he'll be reconnected with them in the afterlife or whatever he believes. Um, it's like, that's, that's interesting. This movie's plot, it's just so sloppy. And you never really understand why the twins stick around. Well, let's, let's and, fuck. And it, it's also like, keep in mind too, that like, they know this is Hydra. It's not like they think it's still S.H.I.E.L.D. or something. Like, Hydra is basically MCU Nazis. Yeah, and they're they just, known as being the Nazis of the MCU base, or like being the worst version of the Nazis. Because even not, the Nazis didn't really like. Not to not to harp on it too much, but yeah, again, like 
you got mad at the arms manufacturer, the son of the arms manufacturer that made the weapons that killed your parents, um, even though he has abandoned that, that role and shifted the company away from weapons manufacturing and has literally publicly saved the planet. And your decision is that I'm going to join Nazis or turbo Nazis. Yeah. Because, yeah. because they'll help me. They'll, they'll, I'm going to submit to experimental, experimental, experimental treatments to make me into something unknown. So that, by the Nazis, so that I can kill a CEO of a company who made a weapon fired by someone else. It is a, a, a fucking a, nonsense. A bunch of other people, including a god. And a, guy, a guy who appears to be the embodiment of like what everyone wishes America was. Yeah, seems like a weird choice it's to be like. I'm really gonna kill weird. The cool versions of the. It's just. But let's also it's very confusing in, in terms of giving them the least understandable, like a relatable plot line for them to follow. There, every scene they're in, they don't make sense. Their powers are unclear. Um, Her the, power the, is very nebulous. Their intentions are unclear. And his power is just, you know, a repeat of something that was done better in other movies. Um, but but also, like, God, the weirdness of when Scarlet Witch, like, appears out of, like, that door and, like, waves her hands to, like, knock Captain America down a staircase and then, like, is reverse shot as yeah, she yeah, goes. And then, like, ring girls back out of the door and it closes. I was like, what the also, fuck is this? Are they trying to escape or fight? Because... As far as I can tell, the fastest man on planet Earth, like, shoves Hawkeye over or Captain America over or whatever, and then just, like, leaves. Yeah. Like, he, he doesn't reappear in that sequence. He, he And again, in later sequences, he, like, punches Captain America in hyperspeed. Good. Yeah, it seems like Captain America would be a, a real disadvantage fighting you because his point is that he's, like, pretty fast for a human, but he's not subsonic fast. Yeah. So it seems like he'd be pretty unmatched against you. But then you're like running around. You're like, oh, a, a random hammer. I guess I'll grab that. Like, and just, and then, and then, and then yeah. your fight is over. You're well, that, so bad at that this. That is one of the notes I had written down. Is I, I don't know if I just didn't remember it, but like, the fights in this are oh, they're bad, terrible. They are bad. Like, like, usually like I disagree with you. Graphed than the ones from Avengers, which were like fine when they're fighting the aliens and they're all like using their powers yeah. together. It's like they ran out of clever ways for them to use their powers. And they're often that like weird early 2000s rubbery where Captain America's yeah. like bouncing off of walls like he's made of like he's plastic man. And there's a couple sequences that I couldn't put my finger on it, but the lighting behind them was done wrong. So they kind of like they really had that stick out, you know, where they, they didn't match with the scenery. There was a lot of that. That they really... also had like a lot of weird problems where like at one point Captain America pulls one of the robots apart, but then later in the movie he can barely break one and he has to like kick his shield through it. Someone like, shoots one. Is he strong enough to break the fucking robots or isn't he? Someone shoots one with like a regular gun and it falls apart. And I'm like, these are bad robots. <laughs> well, yeah, one of them does that. But then like the next scene, 40 guys with machine guns are shooting at one and it's just yeah. like, you know, doing like the scarecrow dance. And then like keeps it. And I'm like, I, you guys it's, need it's to pick. Super... Make it clear so that we can we we understand the stakes. And there is so many like and, the uh, ending fight scenes are real like, quick. Not to get oh, too yeah. far, not to get too far away from it, but I just I, I hate to, like to be this one about harping on like physics in a movie about nonsense like this. But if you were moving at hyperspeed and you grabbed Thor's immovable hammer while it was moving in the opposite direction, like wouldn't your arms just like come off? 
Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of things he does in the movie that, like, like, he like your, tries by... Your arms would just come right off. There's like, also, like, it, it happens also in uh, the X-Men movie at one point. Like, they show, what's his name, like, punch somebody? It's like, um, if you're moving at supersonic speeds and you hit something, your body would, like, vapor. It would just rip apart. Like, the human body cannot withstand speed and impact. Like, to it be clear... It doesn't matter if it looks like see... it's moving slow because you're moving so fast. It would legit kill you. We like, see, you know what I mean. We see Hulk, a creature, a, a creature of unknown levels of indestructibility and strength, like grab Thor's hammer and because of its magical components, is lifted off the ground and taken away by it. We've seen that like at least twice in movies. If you're just a guy and you're moving again at like super speeds in one direction and you just grab it at full speed i mean your arms are just gone they're just they just take yeah. off <laughs> he would have his, his arm would have been like at least ripped out of the socket if not just ripped off of his body yeah I mean, like, physics alone you can't be traveling at like mach 4 and have something pull you in the opposite direction you would just explode you would just you would just die in so fucking fast and that's like again like i not that, like, I expect, like you said, like, I'm going to harp a lot on physics, but that's sort of the problem of this movie is it doesn't really, Quicksilver's speed is very confusing. Sometimes he's moving so fast. He's catching like, bullets. At one point, he grabs a gun, unloads it bullet by bullet, sets them up next to each other on a table, and in the film, it takes, a, like, a tenth of a second. Yeah, it's a flash. He later can't run a hundred feet and just pick up Hawkeye and this kid and run him away. Right. And I was like, I don't understand. He's so fast. Why couldn't he have gotten to them? I like, mean, you guys need to I'm pick. Sure. Either, either he's so fast, or he's tired. He's maybe you could probably than, argue yeah. that if you showed it in the I film. Get, but, but does he like push a car in front of him? Like, why is he also so fucking strong? It, 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 yeah, it's wildly unclear. I mean, they're probably running off of, like, the Ant-Man thing where he's, like, he's strong because of, like, how he's moving or something, but... Yes, but um, again, he would be killed by that. <laughs> absolutely, he would be killed by that. <laughs> and that's, like, the, the... Like, at one point, he runs through a bunch of robots and they all explode, and I was like, what did he do to do that? Because if he punched them, he would die. <laughs> like, you yeah. It's just so... And that's why it's very confusing then, because it's like, well, if he can punch through metal because he's moving so fast... Would bullets actually be able to hit him? Because wouldn't he be moving so fast that when they hit him, it would be as if they weren't moving because he would be going by them so fast? You know what I mean? Like, I was like, I don't understand. Like, if he can go straight through a piece of metal as if nothing happened, wouldn't a bullet just disintegrate then by that logic? Because he's moving so fast? Absolutely. Um, yeah, it's just very weird how it's like... If, and, and, and again... killing him off was so weird. It sounds like nitpicking. I mean, I had no complaints, but it, it, it sits... It, it feels like nitpicking, but it's it's not really. Because if you don't give us any boundaries to the physics in your movie, to what can, can harm someone and what can't, to to like what the powers do and to what, what what the people are capable of because they're just humans like working with gravity... If you don't do that, then nothing feels, like, dangerous. Because we we no longer have any idea what the boundaries well, of danger yeah, are. And, and this movie does it a lot with Captain America. There's about, I'd say, 20 times he's, like, thrown various distances and hits various things. Sometimes it's a concrete wall. Sometimes it's a Natasha, too. Sometimes it's a car. Uh, it happens a bunch of times, and he gets back up. And he usually seems unfazed. And then later in the fight, he lands on a car and he's like, oh, oh, and it's like, wait, 
either he can always he can take it or he can't like it's not like you know what i mean like you can't just all of a sudden pick that this time it affects him because you want to try to create stakes like he's getting beat up you, you've already set up that he's impervious to harm basically nothing seems to hurt him and so it's like once you set that up you can't then retcon it and that's i mean that's my problem in a lot of marvel movies this is like you know they'll throw captain america through like a wall and he gets up and starts fighting again and then later some guy punches him and he's like uh uh and it's like wait he went through a wall earlier <laughs> like you and guys I, understand how the human body works right and and that kind of I, like i like that the movies or the the mcu has started to like recognize that and get away from absurdity you know when movies do that i always appreciate it um, like, this is a bizarre pull, but I'm, I'm just going to reference it anyway. Like, how the Mission Impossible franchise went from, like, I'm going to ramp two motorcycles at, at each other yes. and fist fight in the air to, like, I'm going to try and swing through that window, and I kind of miss, and I hit the edge, and I hurt myself. Like, there's so much more to appreciate when the characters have clear boundaries of, like, what's possible within their limitations. Think of, say, Hawkeye in the TV show, who's got a hearing aid now because he's around so many explosions. Yes, and I, again, I when they he's just a guy. <laughs> and I will say, yeah, like, that's what I enjoy, is, like, Hawkeye is always in these movies... He every time he gets thrown or something, and I don't know if that's like a choice of Jeremy Renner, like right. No, I would not be able to get up. Like he always is like ow or like gets up and like he's like slow moving and he looks like he's in pain. And, it's and like, like, I do I, like that. This none of that was in this. I, I I mentioned it earlier. I I liked like the people that I liked on screen. I mean, just to be clear, I think Chris Evans is great, and I want to see him all the time when he's on screen. I thought he had some great like little sequences here, but is Captain America doesn't evolve or change. Like they show him like shots of like uh around um uh uh oh I forgot her name. Uh his love interest. Uh Peggy Carter? Yeah, it's showing around Peggy Carter like in his little visions, but that doesn't mean anything. That never comes up again. Like that never helps him become a different person. Like there's there's not a ton his, going on with his Captain America. Are oddly worthless. And this movie also I you know, this is the nitpick another film. I, I and I don't know if I covered this. I think we did this movie. I don't know. Did we ever do Endgame? Oh uh, yeah, we did Endgame. <laughs> okay. I really don't like the ending of Endgame just because it's the same ending of all the other Avengers movie, which is Tony Stark sacrifices himself, except for this time he just doesn't make it out. Right. And it's like that's really boring. And it felt like th- you know, it would have made more sense for Captain America to make that decision one last time to be like, I'm going to do it again. You know, there's nothing really left for me. I never got my family. The woman I loved is dead. You have a wife and kids. I'm going to make the sacrifice this time. And he should have died. And, you know, they could have made Iron Man like paralyzed. You know, something bad happened to him where like he can't be Iron Man anymore. Whatever you want. Or he decides he won't be Iron Man anymore because he came so close to dying whatever that would have been a better ending you know what i mean than to kill tony stark and then have captain america just give up being captain america which makes zero sense but this movie kind of reinforces more that like it's a bad choice because like captain america keeps being like this is this is really who i am now you know ultron's right i i am like my life now is being the hero i always wanted to be and I can do it. And it didn't work out the way I wanted to. I wanted to serve in the military in World War II and be a hero like that and then come home and get married and have kids. But I can still do a lot of good. And so that's what makes me happy is that I can still be like the moral compass of 
you know, the United States or whatever. And so it's very weird that, like, his storyline ends with him being like, nah, fuck it. <laughs> I mean, it's just very, it's very bizarre. And I'm not, I just, yeah. I don't know. But, There's so many, like, I don't know, bad things in this movie, too. Uh, uh, what I was, what I was uh, um, building up to a little bit earlier is that, you know, I like Chris Evans as an actor and I like Captain America as a character, but there isn't like much going on in his development in this movie. And the same no, he's, for a he's lot. Virtually pointless. And we've mentioned that there's some bad development going on with some of the other characters like Tasha, uh, of course is the romance, which we can talk about in a second, but, oh, um, but, but, but like, I just genuinely was, I think going back and watching this and realizing where the MCU was at this point, I'm impressed with, like I mentioned, I like Tony, um, outside of his all his dumb decisions that no one checks him on, um, but but with Barton because I mean think about like what Hawkeye has been thus far in the MCU is that he's just sort of like you know sitting on he was he was completely possessed through the first Avengers yeah. and so he's mostly not in it in, in like the way that he's supposed to be and then at the end he's just doing some Arrow stuff which people kind of mocked because it is a little silly. And this one, you know, same stuff, but, like, to, to give him, like, a, a background, to, to give him, uh, you know, his wife and his kids, which later bore out into fruitful material for his TV show, really, like, I liked Barton in this. And even when he quips, yeah. it's somehow it felt a little natural. I actually did really much enjoy when he, like, talked to himself about shooting. Yes, that's <laughs> shooting a great I mean, some of it is this. That felt I right. With you know? Jeremy Renner in real life, he's had some issues, I think. But I find him like I don't know why. I just think he's kind of funny. Like I he, really like this him role is for this. Show. This role is for him, and the TV show was a great ex- ex- extrapolation of that within he him. He plays yeah. a man who just seems like he's really tired. He's fed up. Yeah, yeah, it really works. Just like it he just really feels works. Like the guy who's like, I should have retired. I shouldn't have re-upped for another four years. I made a mistake. But yeah, love, yeah. When, when, when he runs off and he's like, I could do it. No one would know. It, so his kind of like light quipping works in this movie and his, his, his persona works. And it's one of the things that comes through in the film and does, does, uh, especially on a second watch, really actually shown a lot brighter than the stuff that I, that I, that, I, that was really hard to watch. Um, uh, and I was, I was honestly surprised by that going back to watch it. Um, and yeah, like I said, I liked Vision. I mean, there's not too much to say about Vision. He's interesting conceptually. I love that he doesn't quip for the love of God, you know, and it's nice that he's this, like, um, this brand new perspective. And of course, you know, in later stuff like WandaVision and Civil War, he's got a lot more to deliver. So the fact that he's, like, established here and then again, he's out of left fucking field when he appears um is I, I certainly remember being in the theater being like whoa we're doing this you know it's it's really interesting that he's in this movie that is otherwise um also a like pastiche uh, of the other one what i sort of another thing i like about the vision which has nothing to do with the character but is it's sort of great that like i don't know you know there's people like her oh you know they knew they were always going to have paul bettany become vision I, right. I don't think so i think they it just doesn't seem bettany like they because did because he has like a british voice and a Jarvis good voice was a british person yeah in the comics. <laughs> yeah so i feel like they were just like let's pick him and then they were like well you know he's actually like a good actor and he's i think not very old yeah i think paul bettany has actually like you know essentially confirmed that kind of uh, development of his character yeah is that he was initially just this sort of accessory to the iron man franchise and then they decided to capitalize on what is a very good actor because yeah. paul bettany is fantastic i mean look to wandavision 
I mean, that show is just the two of them, you know. And again, uh, 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 Scarlet Witch um, um, is also a good actress. Uh, mm-hmm. Elizabeth Olsen, uh, Elizabeth Olsen, she just doesn't have good writing in this movie. <laughs> well, this one is also awkward because, like, I feel like they were like, "You guys got to go thick on the Russian accents." Oh, you the accent! I mean? Oh my god, they fixed and that. I, thank I, God. I, I feel well. I think she does it. I haven't seen the new Doctor Strange yet, but I think she brought it back and she's doing the accent again. It's just much more light to the touch. Because I mean, like her, she's basically doing like Natasha from uh, Rocky and Bullwinkle. You know what I mean? Like she's so Russian. I'm just like, why does she sound like this? Yeah, Um, it's troubling. And like they, and they both have like neither one of them sounds like they're from the same sort of russian they don't sound like they have the same accent her and her brother so it's even more kind of jarring um but like yeah i I mean their introduction's fine and turning them sort of into heroes but like there's just a lot of like i don't know just bad like like i said i understand why they killed quicksilver in the scheme of the marvel universe which is like somebody else had already done it and they were like anything we do will always just feel like we're copying that now you know what i mean so like let's put him in and then just write him out but then it also feels weird. Is like, why write him in like that to just kill him off? Why just not put him in yeah. the movie at all? I don't know. Like somebody beached to it, he didn't make it. It's just Wanda. Yeah, it's according. He, to... He's not. He has no. He's not important to the plot at all. If his I'm... character was gone, really nothing would change. No, and he doesn't display any unique characteristics. He kind of just looks like 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 Malfoy from Harry Potter and and like frowns a bunch and then does some... yeah and he's like running around with like frosted tips so it's like a hard time to be like yeah and he's, he's you just run... feel like you're like I shouldn't trust this guy he's running around and making like again dumb tactical calls and fights that make him look like an idiot and his power system is questionable and then he just dies and yeah it's 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 bizarre extremely bizarre um something I wanted to talk about is I mentioned that there were some lines that were positively uh, atrocious. Um, you know, I had I kind of kept noting them. You know, the quipping that drove me insane. Anytime Ultron quipped, you know, he I don't think he ever landed a joke that I liked. It just all felt wrong. Nothing felt weirder to me than him saying, um, "I threw up in my mouth." What a weird thing to say. He said, "If I could throw up in my mouth." Yeah. What a weird thing to say. Yeah. It's that's and that's sort of my problem. What the fuck? It's is like, so he's bad. He's supposed to be like that's some weed trash robot. getting in. Yeah. And then yeah, that that feels very much Whedon esque. Uh, and like the way they they like over Hackney kill Quicksilver, like it's supposed to be like this emotional moment. That felt very Whedon. Yeah. Because it's also hard to be like, oh no, I can't believe Quicksilver's dead. That character who they I don't... introduced in this movie. <laughs> also, you know I mean, at least like when Coulson died, he had been in like two or three movies. Uh, like, oh, I like that guy. Also, Quicksilver's barely in this movie, and for like up he has in... like ten lines. Also, up until ten minutes ago, he was working with the Nazis. He was helping Nazis, then helping space genocide. Like, I don't know how to, like, oh, no, the guy who, like, saved four children and then got shot. Like, I don't particularly care. He, he, he signed up for experiments to help the Nazis. <laughs> and then he, he got tired of the Nazis and said, yeah, I'll help the genocide of robot. And then he learned the genocide of robot was going to do genocide. And he was like, well, never mind. I mean, he's absolutely trash. But again, nothing defeats the fact that out loud, Robert Downey Jr., says out loud into his space intercom 
were you guys playing hide the zucchini? That is the when worst. When did he say that? I don't even remember. Oh yeah, he... when he's talking about Romanoff and somebody. Yeah, the, Romanoff and the Hulk were having a sequence in which you know she pushes him off a cliff, which is a weird thing to do too. Um, uh, 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 to turn him into the Hulk so he'll help out in the fight, which he seems to have no problem with, which is weird. Well, the Hulk doesn't, because the Hulk likes fighting. I guess. But when they finally show back in the fight, uh, Tony Stark says, were you guys playing hide the zucchini? The implication being that Romanoff was having sex with the Hulk, which people on the internet sure like to fantasize, I'm sure, in some gross slash fic. But it's bizarre dialogue for a fucking movie. And it's really weird even coming from the man who is all quips that is Tony Stark. Yeah, it, it just feels like a little oddly sexual It is bizarre. I don't know why they but put it in the movie. But what's also bizarre is... Did I just not notice it, or do they like legit just create a romance between Black Widow and fully Banner dropped at, in like the start of this movie, and then we're supposed to be like, "Yeah, you didn't know," and it's like, I and then, remember them talking, and that's that would almost be okay to, to to sort of ramp that up, but they hit the fucking gas pedal on that thing. Like right away, it's established that these two have like a close, like infantileish, like you know, matri- matriarchal relationship where she like cares for him like a like a mother, and it's kind of weird. And then right away, every time she has dialogue with, it isn't just like, well, you know, it's hard for me to open up, but you know, I I feel a sense of importance with you. She's just like, I should have hopped in the shower with you. You know, I mean, it's just, they fucking slam the gas on this thing, and it feels so bizarre and out of left field, and not in the good way. Well, and then what's also sort of weird is, at the end, he rescues her from Ultron, which is like, her being captured, again, does not matter. A a useless Uh, arc, by the way. Because, like, they're like, oh, that's how they know where they're at. Um, Vision knows his plan, because he has half of his brain, so would have been able to figure it out. But he, uh, like he's like we can just go like i should i can't turn into the hulk and fight around civilians so let's just me and you leave it's like um the the, he's he's gonna kill all life on earth and you're just like well let's just fly away let's just dip yeah i i don't it's so bizarre and he's like i can't turn it's like but the hulk fought new york city and was fine and there's a lot more people in new york city than there are in sokovia I genuinely, in fact, it looks like there's only about 400 people in Sokovia at the end. I genuinely don't think I could conceive of a way that Ultron could threaten the Hulk. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I just... Yeah. It, it's hard to grasp what it is they're trying to get at there. Yeah, but then and then, she, and then she betrays him, essentially, and throws him down a pit so he'll become the Hulk and put civilians at risk anyway. And, like, eventually he cares about that. In in, in 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 such a way that he f- flies away no yeah. no he he flies away because of what happened in brazil or whatever south american country they're in right right in a south america they might have been in an african country that would make more sense since he's a since he's stolen stuff from wakanda but like the idea is supposed to be that he doesn't feel like it's safe for the hulk to stay on to stay around because he can't control him and if there's a person out there who could mess with his mind, if, you know, Iron Man hadn't stopped him, he would have killed, you know, thousands and thousands of people by destroying that city. Right. And so he leaves because he wants to be, he just thinks that if he's gone, it'll be safer for everyone. 
And that's, like, why he... He's not upset with her for turning him into the Hulk. He just doesn't think it's safe for him to stay around as the Hulk. And somehow he flies that Quinjet into space. I don't remember if they explain in Thor Ragnarok how he ends up there. I can't remember, but... Uh, Because, you know, that's it. He never appears again until then. He just disappears. Uh, Yeah, I I mean, it's... it's... (laughs) I I also like that we haven't yet established that the Hulk has his, like, Bruce mind, which is sort of something that we kind of work up to later. But but there is this scene at the end where, like, Hulk has the wherewithal to fly a jet... I, I mean, I the jet really... knows how to fly itself, but yeah. But, I mean, he's I mean, assumingly really putting in coordinates. Scene. Yeah, <laughs> when he jumps away and he gets in, and uh, Ultron's like, "Oh, come on!" It's like, seriously, guys, who wrote that and was like, "Let's leave that in the movie." It's just so dumb. And then another thing, just talking about the Hulk when he he has his like moment where he rampages in the city and is like destroying all of the, you know, things, and Tony shows up. It's, like, really weird, because they destroy so many buildings, so many roads. Like, in one part, he, he Tony Stark throws the Hulk into, like, a bazaar that's full of people. Yeah. Which I also don't understand who these people are, that when the Hulk shows up, they're like, I'll stay outside and see I, what happens. I gotta finish buying some trinkets. Yeah, there's also but a the scene... the thing that gets me is when he's, like, gonna drop him through that building, and he's like, how quick can I buy this building? It's like, well, how quick can you buy the country? Because you already fucking destroyed the city. Who gives a shit about one under-construction building now, you know? It's, it's like, sort it... of, like, setting off a nuke and being like, I should have bought the house I dropped it on first. <laughs> There's a scene where, like, uh, like a bunch of the policemen that arrived to fight the Hulk in, in again, whatever country, that I don't remember, um, they, they, like, pull their guns out, and then, like, the Hulk, like, slams Iron Man into the truck and goes flying past and like you see like the truck roll and you see like the two guys being sort of like tossed away as if they're like somersaulting like backwards over the pavement i'm like no dude (laughs) those guys those guys are paced oh like i don't understand what we're talking uh, about here arguably even with iron man's intervention or perhaps it possibly also because of his intervention at least three thousand people die yeah i mean they not they do enough structural damage to buildings that they would just collapse and i remember like destroy the and like several cops when he catches him in that box like start walking towards it I'd be like, let's everybody get the fuck out of here while he's caged up. Like, let's clear as far away from this area as possible. Don't, like, stand there pointing your gun at a big metal box. Yeah, I, I recall there being a storyline in the uh, in the Ultimates, the sort of, um, that sort of, like, you know, re, 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 restart, uh, soft reboot of, like, Marvel stuff um, that had its own universe that, in a lot of ways, inspired uh, the Avengers because it brought kind of Captain America back to the forefront and it made basically just cast uh, uh, Nick Fury as, as Samuel L. Jackson was just drawn as Samuel L. Jackson. Um, but in that, there is, like, this very sequence where, like, the Hulk, you know, Bruce is concerned about the Hulk being, you know, uh, an untethered um, um, strength, and then he's untethered, and he, like, destroys the city, and, like, in the act of taking him down, it is, like, considered to be, like, almost like a 9-11, like, tragedy as he rips through New York. And, like, that leaves, like, the Hulk in, like, prison, and there's, like, direct consequences. The kind of stuff that we would see later in Civil War, that it's just nothing here. I mean, like, they say they're going to hide out at, like, Hawkeye's home, but it doesn't appear the world has any problems with them. <laughs> you know? Yeah, not not is, until way later. It is sort of weird. I, I, like, 
there's just like and that's what i mean i guess by like there's no stakes like there you know mara hill says like oh they might be calling for the hulk's arrest which i guess is maybe the other reason he runs is he right knows, like if they arrest him the hulk will come out and they won't ever be able to contain him so but it's like that's never brought up again either like there's no they never say like you got to come back because we have to arrest you or something that doesn't come up the whole like this movie just wipes out captain america winter soldier the plot of which makes winter soldier i already hate the end of winter soldier i think it's really dumb but it makes that whole ending with shield being hydra completely pointless because shield is just back instantly and they even have another helicarrier so it was like what was the point of those movies like what's the point of doing any of this if you're just gonna retcon it in the very next film like who cares then you're removing and like i think that hurts not only this movie but like then all the movies because you're just like well i don't care what happens because if they want to bring something back they'll just bring it back so who cares you know yeah. like there's no real and then like when civil war happens and the adventures sort of break up you're like oh they're gonna start telling like a story that has legitimate stakes like that that's gonna go on into the future and you're like you know it's still going on in uh infinity war and then in Endgame, you know there's like all that stuff that kind of goes on and that's interesting you know what i mean like whereas this movie just feels like they're like hey remember all those previous movies forget about them real quick because uh thanos is coming at the end of this in case we weren't clear the 20 minutes we spent with thor in case you guys didn't catch that that's thanos that's that's gonna be the next set of movies it just was very weird because this movie also feels so inconsequential like you know i mean like there just doesn't feel like it does anything for the avengers the mcu other than it introduces the vision and sokovia sets up the events that lead to civil war but like they really could have just used in New York in some ways to be the reason why. You know what I mean? Like, people died in New York probably during their fight. So they could have used that as the reason. So it just doesn't feel like a movie that was worth even telling. And I was shocked while watching it. I genuinely felt bored. Which is weird, because I like everybody in these movies. You know what I mean? And everybody's acting well. The lines are a little dumb sometimes. But, like, I genuinely, like, during the fight scenes, would just stop watching because I was like, I, this is so... St I don't even care what's happening because it's not good. I'd rather just get back to the story so I can complain about it on a podcast. No, you're totally right. And, and just to, to tag on to that, like, it, it does seem like the, the MCU, especially at this time, was doing that a lot where it was, it, it was creating a movie that had some kind of character arc or, or message or moral and then just ignoring it in the next. Uh, one being that, like, you know, the Iron Man franchise led up to the independent Iron Man franchise led up to the fact that he was like, oh, it's wrong of me to sort of have this, like, uh, global spanning robot power. It's dangerous, and it's, and it could, I could I could lose control of it. And then, like, the top of Age of Ultron, he's like, hey, you guys meet my fucking... You, you guys meet my, my, my army of suits, and also I want to make, like, a super one that's, like, uh, it a, is, it, an undefined AI that I've never... Experimental AI built off of a space jam. What I thought jam. was, like, hilarious <laughs> is the Iron Legion. He's like, deploy the Iron Legion. I was like, oh, this is, like, an interesting idea. They're going to go and, like, catch the artillery shells or, like, blow them up before they can do damage. And they basically land and are just like, there's nothing to see here. I was like, that's what you built? was like a loudspeaker in humanoid form like maybe make them do something to protect these people instead of just saying you guys should back out of the area i couldn't believe that like somebody wrote that and was like yeah why why would the genius who built this armor be able to make them do anything useful and i was like and 
like it would have been better if he had created the Iron Legion to go out and like reclaim all of his munitions. You know what I mean? Because he's not a munitions dealer anymore. So he, it should have been like that's what he created the Iron Legion for was to like go and find every piece of Stark tech that's out in the world and destroy it. Which was like you know sort of a storyline in the comics. See, there was like a storyline where he basically went around and like got back every piece of Stark tech so that he would be the only person who had access to the Iron Man suit. And then he could give it to somebody, and that way Iron Man would always be, like, the most powerful sort of tech person. But I digress. So it was just sort of weird. The Iron Legion is definitely bizarre. It feels so weird. But I did just... That scene is almost worth it just for when they land, and they're like, Please disperse. <laughs> That's it. They don't do anything else. And I, I was just like, you've got to be kidding me. Somebody read this in the script and was like, Yeah. That's what he did. He basically created traffic cops. <laughs> yeah, and and and, and uh, I don't know, but the, the 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 home language of Sokovia might not be English, Tony. Yeah. <laughs> so I didn't they, even think of that. They, they had to just start they, speaking English. They, they all they all turn around, just like just start speaking Russian at each other. Like, what what is this giant silver thing saying? <laughs> yeah. What's uh, what's going on here? <laughs> yeah, I didn't even think about that. But yeah, probably like fifty percent of them were like, "I don't, I didn't learn English." I, I, I yeah, we already, we already it, described Sokovia my, as like not a wealthy country. So I my school really my school was bombed, so I don't actually know English. <laughs> yeah, I was going to learn it, but it was blown up by a Stark artillery piece. <laughs> Wait, I'm mad at you. Um, uh, Kill the robot. Yeah, in fact, if you're in this war-torn country seeing an arms dealer robot show up and be like, hey, listen to me, I'm like, fuck you, <laughs> get out of here. <laughs> Eat shit. <laughs> I, it was definitely... It's, 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 it's me. funnier now. Lockheed Martinbot. Please listen to me <laughs> while I tell you to I just, disperse. Like, I didn't even think of it. Like To make it even less effective, it lands and tells people to like, there's nothing to see here. The language they might not even speak. And gives them no specific instructions other than like, it, I, it sucks here, look out. I think it also says, please like abandon this quadrant or this... <laughs> Tony, That's not like a standard you can, unit of measure. You can give it a language, Tony. Jesus Christ. Um, it is weird, because again, Jarvis can straight up have a conversation. Yeah, he probably knows person. all the languages and can talk like a person. I don't know why we're doing this. Oh, man. Well, yeah, I mean, ultimately, you know, to answer the final question, it's not a movie, like, going back, it's like, I don't, I don't think if you're like, if you're doing a full MCU watch, you know... You gotta watch it because again, there's some character arcs in here that would be branch out into good. There's some seeds planted here that blossom later. You know, like with Barton, that would that, that does well for the TV show. Vision remains interesting. Tony's survivor's guilt and genius is is playing out into a way that will help. Yeah, I mean, this movie on. sets up Iron Man three. Like that's like the premise of Iron Man three is he keeps seeing that vision. Yeah, everybody dead. So it's it's it, it's a linchpin piece in the MCU. So if you're an MCU fan and you're doing a rewatch or you're just trying to like appreciate all of them or whatever it may be, it certainly belongs. It's certainly not like this big black mark on in in, in, in the uh, in the franchise. But yeah, if you're just looking for a movie to enjoy, I, I this isn't it, man. <laughs> it's not that. I, no. mean, I mean, there's so many better Marvel movies to watch. Po Even the first Avengers is better than this. Pogues and I both agreed that we like we like didn't want to watch it while watching it at some point yeah 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 like i said i at one point when they were fighting in claw's like ship 
I literally just stopped paying attention. Like, I just was like, I was like, you know, watching it, but like, I wasn't really focused on what was happening. I saw the dumb hammer scene and I looked away for a minute and then I looked up and people were having visions and I was like, oh, I guess I missed her walking up. But yeah, it, it was surprisingly just blah. So I think that's it then for our take on Avengers Age of Ultron. Uh, come back next week for our mini episode. We'll tell you what movie's up next. If you have any suggestions, feel free to let us know at going to any social media platform as well as SoundCloud. It's all slash NAOS pod. That's it.